Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, a listener writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this, why does Jesus say it is finished? Well, in John 1930, uh, John says this, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. One of the very last words uttered by Jesus on the cross is, it is finished. It's one of the most important things that Jesus ever said. It is finished is found only in John 19.30. The Greek word translated as finished is telestai, an accounting term meaning paid in full. It is finished, he says, that the debt owed by man to his creator on account of Adam's sin is finally and forever dealt with. It is finished. Jesus says that not only does he take away man's sin, but now he removes it as far as the east is to the west. It is finished. It is signed. It is sealed. It is delivered in and because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, before the arrest of Jesus by the Romans, Jesus prayed his last public prayer where he asked the Father to glorify him even as he glorified the Father. He prayed in John 17 verse 4, to finish the work you have given me to do. And so the work of Jesus is to seek and save that which is lost, as he says in Luke 19.10, and to provide atonement for sinners whom Jesus died to reconcile them to God. And none but the Lord God could accomplish and say with the authority of the God-man, it is finished. And so when Jesus said it is finished, he brought about the completion of the Old Testament prophecies, symbols, foreshadowing about himself. From the beginning of Genesis to the end of Malachi, there are 300 detailed prophecies about the anointed one, Jesus, which he fulfills. From the seed, it would crush uh, the serpent's head in Genesis 3.15, to the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. Even the predictions of the Lord's messenger was fulfilled by John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for Jesus. All the prophecies were fulfilled and finished in the life, the ministry, and the death of Jesus. And so during the ministry of Jesus, many Jews believed in him as the Son of God. The Jewish leaders feared Jesus, and with the help of Judas Istiocrat, the Roman soldiers arrested Jesus. Jesus was then put on trial for claiming to be the king of the Jews. And according to Roman law, the punishment for rebellion against Caesar was death by crucifixion. Pontius Pilate was the governor during the arrest of Jesus. Pilate was reluctant when it came to punishment for Jesus. He could find no wrong in him, right? But even so, as a, as a people pleaser, Pilate wanted to give the people what they wanted, which was the death of Jesus. Pilate washed his hands in front of the crowd, indicating he was not responsible for the bloodshed of Christ. And then Pilate handed Jesus over to be beaten and lashed, and Jesus had a crown of thorns uh, thrust on his head and made to carry the cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull where he died. 
Now crowds gathered at Golgotha to watch the death of Jesus at the cross. Jesus was nailed between two criminals and pierced by a sword. And even while Jesus was mocked, one of the criminals asked Jesus to remember him in Luke 23, 42. And then he did in Luke 23, 43. And Jesus looked to heaven and asked God to forgive them, for they know not what they do in Luke 23, 34. As Jesus took in his last breath, he said in Luke 23, 46, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. Luke 20, so here's the last seven words of Jesus. Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 43, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. John 19, 26 through 27, women, behold your son, son, behold your mother. Matthew 27, 46 and Mark 15, 34, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? John 19, 28, I thirst. John 19.30, it is finished. Luke 23.46, and then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. The new covenant or the new testament is a promise that God makes with humanity that he will forgive sin and restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned uh, towards him. Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. And his death on the cross is the basis for the promise. The new covenant was predicted while the old was still in effect. The prophets Moses, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel all allude to the new covenant. The old covenant that God established with his people required strict obedience to the Mosaic law. Because the wages of sin is death, the law required that Israel perform daily sacrifices to atone for sin. But Moses through whom God established the Old Covenant, also anticipated the New Covenant. In one of his final addresses to the nation of of Israel, Moses looks forward to a time when Israel would be given a heart to understand in Deuteronomy 29, verse 4. Moses predicted that Israel would fail in keeping the Old Covenant in Deuteronomy 29, 22 through 28. But he then sets a time of restoration in Deuteronomy 31 through 5. And at that time, Moses says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and live. The new covenant involves a total change of heart. We call this regeneration. So that God's people are naturally pleasing to him. The prophet Jeremiah also predicted the new covenant in Jeremiah 31, Uh, 31 and 33, the day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. But this is a new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law of Moses, he says in Matthew 5, 17, and established a new covenant between God and his people. And now the old covenant was written in stone, but the new covenant is written on our hearts. And so entering the new covenant is made possible only by faith in Christ, who shed his blood to take away the sins of the world. And Luke 22, 20 relates how Jesus at the last supper takes the cup and says, this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. 
And so the new covenant is also mentioned in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, which says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And so Ezekiel lists several aspects of the new covenant here, a new heart, a new spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and true holiness. The Mosaic Law could provide none of those things. The New Covenant was originally given to Israel, and it included a promise of fruitfulness, a blessing, and a peaceful existence in the Promised Land. In Ezekiel 36, 28-30, God says, Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will call for, for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Deuteronomy 31 through 5 contains similar promises related to Israel under the new covenant. And after the resurrection of Christ, Gentiles are brought into the blessing of the new covenant also. The new covenant fulfillment will be seen in two places on earth uh, during the millennial reign and in heaven for all eternity. We're no longer under the law, but under grace, Romans 6, 14-15 tells us. And the old covenant has served its purpose. It has been replaced by a better covenant, uh, Hebrews 7, 22 tells us. Hebrews 6 says, in fact, that in fact the ministry Jesus has received is, is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. And so under the new covenant, we are given the opportunity to receive salvation as a free gift. And our responsibility is to exercise faith in Christ, the one who fulfilled the law on our behalf and brought an end uh, to the law's sacrifice through his own sacrificial death and resurrection. Through the life-giving Holy Spirit who lives in all believers, we share in the inheritance of Christ and enjoy his permanent unbroken fellowship with God. And when Jesus says it is finished, he means that he provides the only solution to man's sin, and the only way to God is through himself. It is only through the death of Christ that Christians can put their sin to death. Christians do not tame sin in a weekend, but we are supposed to hate it. We are supposed to resist it using the God-given means of grace. And when the people of God fail, there is still not, not condemnation for them because they're in union with Christ. And even so, they must confess their sin to the Lord, who is faithful and just to forgive them and to restore their fellowship to him. And Christians are not to fear physical death or or eternal death. The kingdom of Jesus has overpowered Satan's because Jesus' work is finished. Jesus has bound the straw man and plundered his house, blazing the trail to heaven, where he now prepares a place for his people. And so in his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated death in principle, and with his decisive victory over death, he is now triumphant over death and the grave. And even so, physical and spiritual death abounds, which is why uh, the people of God groan until the Lord liberates creation from its bondage to decay. And while there's much to say about the finished work of Jesus, it's important to say a few last things. The suffering Jesus endured while on earth, when he said, it is finished, was over. God's will for Jesus was fully accomplished in his perfect obedience to the Father. At the very moment of Jesus' utterance, it is finished, the power of sin and Satan was finished. 
by raising the shield of faith, the Lord had completed our redemption, now enables his people to live as new creations in him. The finished work of Jesus is the beginning of new life in the Lord Jesus. For all who were once dead in their trespasses and sins are made alive with Christ, as Ephesians 2, 1 and 5 says. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.